everyone. And uh, welcome to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Uh, we're here in studio. You're listening to the weekly walkthrough. Uh, good morning, Nick. Good How are you? Good morning, sir. I'm doing fantastic. A great week in sports, as always. Uh, we're going to jump right into it, I think, and we're going to start with what happened last Sunday night. The biggest sporting event of last Sunday night was, in fact, the NBA All-Star Game. And that was headlined by the story of the way the game was ending. You took the score at the end of the last three quarters, added 24, and that's what the target score was when whoever got that score first won. What did you think of that ending style and the way it played out in this specific game? Well, how it played out in this game, it was the most competitive all-star game I've ever seen. I mean, all five players from the Eastern team, or not the Eastern team, the team LeBron, was surrounding the was surrounding the referee arguing a call there was great defense being played it was very intense the effort was there it was probably i would say the best the best all-star game i've ever seen i i loved it i thought it was awesome i would agree with everything you said you saw people like Kyle Lowry taking a charge in the All-Star game, which is something I don't think I can remember seeing in any All-Star game ever before. And exactly what you said with everybody surrounding the ref, I thought someone was going to get teed up in the All-Star game. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Yeah. Um, and, of course, no better city to bring you this new ending than Chicago. Oh, stop it, please. It's listen, let, me, let me look that up, though. Uh, what, the technical in the All-Star game? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to see if there's... I'm going to assume somebody did at one point, but this I wonder a, what it was for. I'm on a Reddit feed. In 2005... <laughs> wait, no, I don't think that's true. It says Steve Blake got ejected for... Yeah, I don't think that's real. It says something about beating up a cameraman. I don't think. Hmm. I don't think that is correct. <laughs> yeah, Though there has that. never been a... Ta I don't think there has been. Wow. But there, we were close. We were close. However... I loved the I loved the game regardless. I thought it was a great format, and it was one that was criticized by me. I was very confused by all the rules, but it was competitive in the fourth quarter, and I I enjoyed that. And even some of the games through three quarters, because like, I know how each quarter was a game, basically a separate game that they played for charity. Well, uh, those games were actually somewhat competitive too. And if you watch the uh, the crowd. And the people that they were playing for, because they were each playing for a Chicago-based charity, and most of the members of those charities were there in the or at the All Star Game watching. Uh, watching the fans was pretty fun, especially when they, I believe they tied in the third quarter. Uh, it was pretty crazy. It was fun. It was fun to watch. Uh, and then I've heard rumors that they are going to one keep doing this in All Star Games coming up in the future. And that they might actually start incorporating it into the Summer League or the G League and seeing what happens. And what do you think about that? It's one thing to go into an exhibition game and do something like this. Going into an actual regulation basketball game that has somewhat of a meaning, that's, that's a little much, I think. But if it works, it works. If it... I think the guys in the G League are trying as hard as they can. I just think that this works out well because in the All-Star game and all these other All-Star type of games across the organizations in in American sports, you're seeing guys not trying. This helps them try, and I don't see a problem with guys not trying in the G League. 
So I don't know how that'll work. And then is there anything that you would like to see different in it? Because I know there's one thing that I would like to see different. I would love if the game would not be able to end on a free throw. I just didn't enjoy that as much. It was so great up until that point, and I understand why they called the foul and everything like that. I just think that, I don't know, if you had them check it up instead, or you you can shoot free throws in overtime up until the last point or in that fourth quarter up until the last point or something like that, but I just didn't enjoy, I just didn't enjoy the game ending on a free throw. I... I disagree. I think they need to be punished for a foul, similar to how you'd be punished in a regular game. I mean, but you would you wouldn't like them to just you know take the inbound the ball somewhere they, or check it up at the top. Because then they would just then they would just foul all the time. And then the basketball that's as good as it's going to get. I think that people just need to appreciate what it was in that it probably won't get much better than that. Yep, that was my that was my only complaint for the entire game was that. Yeah, other than that, other than, that other than Zach Levine not being in it, of course. Yeah, fa- but, <laughs> fantastic. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, uh, Anything else no, on the All-Star game? I think, okay. I think it was a great weekend. We are going to move on to Monday, and we got the news that the Detroit Lions were looking to trade their three-time Pro Bowl, I believe he's a corner, or is he a safety? He's a corner. He is a corner, Darius Slay. Uh, opinions on this? Darius Slay, he's going to bring a lot of uh, a lot of value to the Detroit Lions. He's a he's a stud. He's one of the better corners in uh, f- in football, in my opinion. And he's twenty nine. This he only probably has a few years left, being able to play at a play at a high level. Fun fact: his birthday is actually New Year's Day. Cool. So that is a very uh, that is easy to track. So, <laughs> why are the Lions making this move? Is it just because they don't want to pay him? Is it because they don't think they're going to be able to win? Do you think he wants to force a move? What do you think is going on here? I think that he doesn't have much value after this season. They're not going to win next year, so they're going to try and rebuild for the future and potentially try and be good in the next few years. And that is what I believe some teams, just to name a team, the Arizona Cardinals haven't done with. Uh, Patrick Peterson, I believe that they need to get they needed to get rid of him last season because they weren't they aren't going to be good in the next few years. And then by the time Patrick Peterson is old or older on that 32-33 skill, he's not going to be as explosive as he was when he was 29-28. And he's still getting paid. And <laughs> you're just going to be at a deficit because then you can't get anything for him. So that's what I think they're doing here, and I think they're making the right decision. Okay. And then one more thing before we move on from him. Do you see a team that needs a player? I mean, everybody could use a player like Darius Slay, but do you see a team in desperate need of a player like Darius Slay that could be a contender next season that you would like to see go out and get him? I saw the Rams were interested in him. They Another just, defensive back? I guess. Yeah. I That's what I saw. I saw the Rams or the Rams were interested in him. Let me see if anyone's interested. I could see I could see the Rams getting because they just make a lot of big moves. And yeah, you, the Rams are yeah, the Rams are the ones talking about him. That's it? Yeah, that's And then is there anybody else in the league that you could think of? Maybe that the you'd Cowboys. Like to see? I'd like that's to see the Cowboys bad. go get him. That'd be interesting. But we'll have to see what they decide to do with contracts and everything this yeah, offseason got, before they can go get a guy like Darius Slay. Yeah, they've got a lot of uh They got people to pay. Yeah, people to people to sign, people to extend, things like that. Along with your bears, so I saw that I saw that video you tweeted. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to sort out. Uh, 
for, for the Chicago Bears, but we'll, we'll get into that at some other time. We made some cuts this week that'll save us some cap space, but that's the only Bears news that happened this week. Uh, moving on to Tuesday, the Tom Brady rumors are running around the league, and they have landed a little bit in Tennessee. Uh, but the Titans star running back, who is currently a free agent, by the way, unless they re-sign him, uh, Running back Derrick Henry has backed Ryan Tannehill and would like to continue running the offense that they ran this year with Ryan Tannehill, which was quite successful. Ryan Tannehill's he was known as a bust when he was in Miami for the six or seven years he was there, and he that was his that was basically the thought process around Ryan Tannehill. He was a bust first round quarterback along with so many others. And Last year, he turned that around with Derrick Henry and, and he took played. A, he took a 9-7 and seven team, you know, somewhat close to the AFC Championship game. Not only somewhat close, they were up 10 points on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC title game, a game that get tripped to go to the Super Bowl. And along with that, Ryan Tannehill played like a top 10 quarterback this year. Had top five after QBR. he came in for Mariota. Yeah, he. So some of his stats are a little bit off. If you look at total yards and stuff like that, just because he didn't start the whole season, but yes. But he played incredible this year, and there is, I mean, I don't know if there's a way that Tom Brady could go in and do what Ryan Tannehill did, just because of his age and just how impressive Ryan Tannehill looked. They have to bring him back, and. That's, that's I think my, that's their current offseason yeah. plan is to bring him back. He is a free agent, but I believe he, uh, I believe he is going to stay there if I had to take a guess. And Derrick Henry will as well. I think that they're both going to stay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's nice that Derrick Henry appreciates what Ryan Tannehill did for him that Marcus Mariota couldn't do for him. Um, and then we move on to more Tom Brady rumors. I don't see this on here, but more Tom Brady rumors. The other strong suitor I've heard for him that is not. The New England Patriots is the Oakland Raiders. What do you think about that rumor? I heard they had offered him somewhere in the range of two years, sixty million. That's that's insane to me. I I don't see him working with the Raiders too much. They don't have the best receiving threats other than their tight end. It's a Walker. Is it what's his Darren name? Waller? Darren Waller. That's his name. He's he's a good he's a good player. Wide receiver-wise, I don't see much else there for him to be successful. Antonio Brown can come back. Yeah, Antonio <laughs> Brown could come back. <laughs> and they do have Josh Jacobs, who's a top 10 running back, potentially top 5 running back if you give him some room. But other than that, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out for Tom. I they have, I mean, they have... You're right. They don't have great wide receivers. I mean, Hunter Renfro is still a prospect. Tyrell Williams did not have a bad season when he wasn't injured. But you're you're right. They are lacking that that big wide receiver, which Tom was lacking in New England this year. So Derek Carr's good. I think he's a solid. And then quarterback. I saw plenty of rumors that if Tom if Tom goes there, then Derek Carr will be a free agent, and the Bears. Or they will release Derek Carr or trade him, and the Bears will be interested. I'd like. I mean, that if I was a Bears fan, I'd like that. I think I think that Derek Carr's a capable quarterback. So we will have to see. I would agree. We will have to see uh, what happens with that. Also on Tuesday, Drew Brees decided that he was not leaving. He will stay in the league another year and try and make another Super Bowl run with his New Orleans Saints. Let's see if he can... 
play well in the playoffs. They, I mean, they got the offensive pieces to win a championship. 100%. We said this last year. We said this the year before that. We 100%. said this the year before that. One hundred percent. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Taysom Hill, but. If he doesn't come back, you still have Michael Thomas, arguably the best receiver in football. Alvin he was Kamar. the best receiver in football this year. I mean, sure. But you got Alvin Kamara, who's incredible. I believe they might still have Ted Ginn Jr. He might be a free agent. I'm not Jared sure. Jared Cook. Jared Latavius Cook. Latavius Murray. Then you look at the defensive pieces. They're still good on defense. <laughs> yeah, they have they have all the pieces. They were 13-3 and three team last year. They just They just were in front of Captain Goat. And that's what happens. Captain Goat is a man amongst boys. So, what does this mean for? I mean, we touched, we we barely started touching on this. What does this mean for the likes of Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill? Teddy Bridgewater, he's a. I think that he showed last year, at least in that system, that he is a capable starter. He didn't play bad for the Vikings. The system wasn't the best for him, and it wasn't as free flowing. But that is also due to maybe. Maybe just young, inexperienced, and them not trusting him. But I think that he's a he's easily a caliber quarterback. He went five and zero. So stay or go. Well, it depends. He's it a depends. free agent. If if I was him, I would sign. I would sign back with the Saints. If maybe for a little less, and then just be the heir to the throne for Drew Brees. And you I wouldn't think. want to take your talents elsewhere. It would if you're Teddy it would Bridgewater, there's nowhere on the market that is looking for a quarterback right now that would be more, would be a better situation than the one he's in backing up Drew Brees for another year in New Orleans. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. But who knows? That was my question. Who so. knows? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm trying to think of just another situation that's better than that. I don't think there is. Okay. It's a pretty good situation. I'd love to be the backup quarterback for the Saints. All right. <laughs> moving um, on. Moving on. <laughs> also on Tuesday, Greg Olson, the former Carolina Panthers tight end and Chicago Bears tight end for that matter, uh, signed a one-year $7 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks, who are going to look to dethrone the 49ers next year in the NFC West once again. Their tight end core now looks like uh, Jacob Hollister, who had a good season after Will Disley went down. Will Disley, who will be returning from, uh, I believe it was an Achilles rupture, and now Greg Olson. So they have a very strong tight end core, along with some good wide receivers in DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and company out there. And then they have that running back by committee that they use so well with Russell Wilson. What does this signing mean for the Seattle Seahawks? I like it. Greg Olson's he's a, he's a good blocker. He can catch the football well. He can make moves. He he does his job very well for a tight end. He's not a Travis Kelsey or Greg Kittle, but they don't need him to be that with guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf out there. So what does this mean for if you're looking at it right now, very early in the offseason? What does this mean for uh the Seahawks next year? Can you do you see them being a real threat in the NFC West again? I mean, they were an inch away from winning the Correct. NFC West. Do you I mean, think they can do it this year? Oh, yeah, 100%, especially because the Niners are—I mean, they have to re-sign Kittle. They're going to potentially lose some pieces. And, That's what and happens that when you the, go to a Super Bowl. And that <laughs> is the Super Bowl lull, the Super Bowl loss, like just the down year because it's so heartbreaking to lose that game despite you're labeled the second-best team in football. So it's it's— 
It's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. We didn't see the Rams bounce back. The Falcons didn't bounce back well. And it's going to be interesting to see. Even New England, who won the Super Bowl, didn't bounce back tremendously well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they made the playoffs and had a good record, but it's just different. So let's talk college basketball. I love this. Ethan's upset pick was correct with Illinois beating number nine Penn State on the road. The two times I've picked the Illini on this show as my upset pick, they've won. Both of them on the road. So we will talk a little bit about this. Uh, it just was a good all-around game for the Illini, who led by four at the half and then never really looked back, winning the game 62-56 to up in Happy Valley. Is that your first one this semester, your first upset pick being correct? I am not sure. Maybe it might have been. <laughs> yeah, look back. We will. I mean, we can look back, but this is, this is a big one. I don't think I've gotten one yet this semester. So, well, at least it's one nothing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great win for Illinois. They they have a solid team this year. They're one of those teams that could make a Sweet 16 Elite Eight run, I believe. And last week they actually fell out of the top 25 as they dropped to 17 and 9 and 9 and 6 in the conference. But this is a team that, I mean, when we've watched them this year, They've either been very on or very off. So I feel like the NCAA tournament is going to be interesting because I feel like they're a team that could realistically get eliminated in the round of 64 or make the Elite Eight. It really just depends on how they're playing. Because they've shown their ability to beat, you know, they've beat a top 10 team when Michigan was in the top 10. They beat a top 10 team in Penn State. They've hung close with Maryland. Uh, These are all really good basketball teams. And Illinois has done well against all of them. Yeah, they they've played incredibly well. I yeah, I mean that's how the March Madness tournament goes. If you peak in March, you're you're gonna have a fun you're gonna have a fun time. And if your team's playing a little off or something's not clicking right, you're potentially gonna lose in the round of sixty four. But it could turn if you're playing right and you get to the Elite Eight Final Four national championship game and that's just that's just how it goes. That's March. That's what makes it fun. Before we get to Wednesday, we are going to take a short break. Uh, you're going to get to hear a new thing we are doing here at KCOU Sports. We're going to play your Mizzou in review on the break this time to give you a little update into Mizzou Sports and what happened this week. We will be back in about a minute and a half. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Hello Tigers, welcome into Mizzou in Review. I'm Logan Franz. We start with Missouri men's basketball. The Tigers have now won three out of their last four, capped off with a home win over Ole Miss Tuesday night. Xavier Pinson has averaged a whopping 23 points per game in those contests, peaking with a career-best 32 against the Rebels. Tiger in it. <laughs> Hello Tigers, welcome into Mizzou in Review. I'm Logan Franz. We start with Missouri men's basketball. The Tigers have now won three out of four, capped off with a home win over Ole Miss Tuesday night. Xavier Pinson has averaged a whopping 23 points per game in those contests, peaking with a career-best 32 against the Rebels. Tigers in action at Arkansas tomorrow with tip-off at noon. The Missouri women split a pair of home games in the past week. They took a loss last Sunday against Florida and topped Vanderbilt last night on the road. Haley Frank poured in a career-high 24 off the bench. As for the Diamond Sports, Mizzou Baseball 2-1 after opening weekend plays Kansas State on Friday, Utah on Saturday, and A&M Corpus Christi at the Kleberg College Classic in the Lone Star State. 
Mizzou softball won its first nine games and rose to number 17 in the national rankings, but have lost its last three games. Tigers have five games this weekend in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. That's all for this week. Until next time, this has been Mizzou in Review. I'm Logan Franz, KCOU Sports. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back here inside Studio A here on uh, KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Nick and I are here in the studio and now we are going to talk about Wednesday. The biggest sports news on Wednesday came from North Carolina when number six Duke went into Raleigh to play North Carolina State and lost the game by a tremendous margin, 88 66 in favor of the North Carolina State Wolfpack, handing Duke their third conference loss and their fourth loss overall. Duke shot a 20 Duke shot 26 for 69 from the floor, 4 of 17 from 3 and 10 of 22 from the free throw line in what was just all around a awful game for anybody not named Vernon Carey and Trey Jones. On the North Carolina State side, they shot 45% from the floor, 61% from three, and 76% from the free throw line with three of their starting five scoring over 20 points each. I... I like this game from Duke from a perspective of they cut the they cut the lead down. Let me see if I can actually find. They cut it to close to 10 with uh in the second half and I enjoyed I enjoyed how they battled back into this basketball game. I thought that they they had a chance to potentially full on just come back and when they cut it to uh they cut it to twelve with twelve left. Yeah, they cut it to twelve with twelve left, which is not which is not you know out of their range to come back from. And this is just one of those games where the other teams just making all their shots. They're they're able to score at will. They shot sixty one percent from the three. When you look line. at those percentages, it's it's crazy. Yeah, they shot eight for thirteen from three. I mean, Duke needs to be able to hit their free throws. That's a given. They shot forty five percent from the line. They. They just they just had a dud game. It was just an off game for anybody real. I mean, Vernon Carey had 27 points and Trey Jones had 17 points. But neither of them really shot the ball tremendously well from the field. Uh and yeah. That that's about it. That's about what I got on this. If a few if you looked at if you watched this game, I mean, you know exactly what we're talking about. I ended up watching, you know, some of the democratic debate instead because it was just a game where North Carolina State shot the lights out. <laughs> yeah, I watched this. I watched the second half of this game the, in, in its entirety, despite it being a blowout, to see the them storm the court. But absolutely, they they just Duke just didn't come to play. I mean, even Trey Trey Jones, he shot six for eighteen, and Vernon Carey, he shot fifty percent, which is respectable but everyone else Goldwire shot three for nine baker oh for two deloreans one for four 
Jack White couldn't get anything going as per usual. Yeah, O'Connell yeah. shot one for four. It's just one of those. It was just one of those days for Duke. That's just how it goes. It's college basketball. And we hope they don't run into one of those in the tournament, or we do hope they run into one of those on the tournament. It just depends on who you are a fan of. Um, moving on, on uh, what day is it? Wednesday? Yes, it's Wednesday. Uh, Auburn played Georgia. Number 13 Auburn coming off a loss to Missouri, played at the Georgia Bulldogs down in Athens. And a very similar thing happened to them. They did not shoot the ball very well. 31% from the floor, 15% from three, 70% from the free throw line. And then Georgia came in and they didn't really shoot much better, but they shot better enough. And they won the game by 10 with four of their starting five in double figures. So what is going on with Auburn? Is this just a slide? Is this something to be worried about? They've now dropped two straight to unranked teams, both of which are on the road, so we can give them a little bit of credit for that. But what is going on with the Tigers from Auburn? Georgia is just eating Mizzou's scraps. That's what happened last Wednesday. That's all it was. Georgia didn't even play that well in this basketball game. They shot 36%. They they also from the from the three point line they shot twenty five percent Auburn shot fifteen percent and like like I said they just they just took Mizzou's scraps that's that's all it was the second servings if you will and Mizzou has now beat both of these teams keep that in mind which helps helps the tournament case Auburn is slipping though they almost lost yesterday is either yesterday or Friday to um, Tennessee, but they ended up coming back and winning that game. Yeah, Auburn just needs to figure it out. They need to take that next step because all these other teams are getting better while they seem to not necessarily be getting worse, but they just haven't evolved as a team going into March. Yeah. So a little bit of a, a little bit of a hangover from last year, or what are we, what are we I looking mean, not, at? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a hangover. I just think that the guys they have around there is... They don't mesh as well as the guys from last year, which is Understandable. Hard, hard to do. And, you know, they lost a lot of guys. They, The amount of guys they lost, and it's it's hard to replace. You're seeing that with a team like Virginia. I don't know if it's necessarily the players' fault. It's just more so you just can't always be a Final Four contender or competing for a national title. Okay. Re- realistically speaking, of course. Uh, we will move on to Thursday. Kyrie Irving, the point guard for the Nets, is out for the rest of the season with a shoulder s- surgery, making their two biggest players on the Nets now, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, out with season-ending injuries. Can the Nets push for a playoff spot without their star point guard? I mean, it helps that the Eastern Conference is quite terrible the Wizards are sitting at 20 and 34 and the Nets are sitting still at 26 and 29 so they realistically could keep that spot there's two and a half games above the eighth spot and then behind that behind that ninth spot there's still five and a half and I don't know if the Wizards are going to play good enough I mean I could see a team maybe I mean the Bulls are just playing outrageous but they have the talent to really The, the Chicago Bulls yeah, they have the talent to make it into it. They I mean, don't anymore. They've lost eight in a row now. I'm just saying they have the talent too. They did. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they, they don't have the coaching. I'm not saying that they or the they help will. I'm just saying I figured that they would have the talent to potentially slide into the eighth spot this year. Like prior to the season starting, 
I thought that the Bulls were. I don't know if I put them in in my NBA. I definitely had them. I mean, I thought they could. I thought they could slide in at that eight spot, for sure. And they just haven't been able to perform that way, due to whatever the case may be. They have the talent too, though. That is without a doubt. But the Wiz, I don't see anyone being able to just because the East is just so bad. They're so bad. I mean, the Wizards are 20 and 34 and they're sitting at the eight spot. That is just disgusting. So I don't see the Nets losing that spot because they still have guys like Jared Allen, who's one of the best uh, interior defenders in basketball. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's he's a great scorer, probably one of the more underrated scorers in the NBA. And spot-up shooters like Joe Harris. I mean, that's that's enough to get into the playoffs for in the it's Eastern not, Conference. It's enough to get in and get swept by the Bucks. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's enough for me. Or go lose to the two-seed, which right now I believe is the Raptors. Okay. So, yes, it is enough to make a playoff spot still. Okay. I would say so. Trey Young drops 50 in a win over the Miami Heat. Is Trey Young the real deal yet? Yes, I'm not saying Perfect. he's not the. I'm not saying Good. he's I'm not glad. the real deal. I'm glad <laughs> Trey Young is the real deal. I am a huge fan of him. <laughs> when did I ever say? He wasn't? I've heard people say that he is not, and that he is not actually good. Why would anyone say that? Because people can be stupid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm just, I'm just confused. I'm just. I mean, if a, you want to say he doesn't win, I think that is a fair argument that you can make. Because I don't think it's his fault. Well, it's, I mean, if some some blame does have to go on. If we're going to give LeBron blame... What do you want him to do, like, drop 50 every night? No, I'm not <laughs> saying drop 50 every night. What, what I am saying, though, is when you look at him in college, they weren't winning. They shouldn't have made the tournament. I think that we can both agree on that, that Oklahoma team was not good. And that was partially... Well, we're not due. talking about Oklahoma. We're talking I'm about talking Trey about Young. I'm talking about Trey Young. If you want to get to Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, we need to keep moving. So, dropping 50 in a win over Miami. Yeah, great, great game. He had a great game. And one probably the best game of his career. Just a, just a stumble for Miami or no? No, I mean this is just how it goes. Perfect. Uh, I mean it was a fun game to watch. Miami's I watched the last like eight minutes team. or so. Or Arizona State and Oregon played a basketball game on Thursday night, and your Peyton Pritchard fouled out of a game which they lost by five down in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, Anything to worry about here? No, nothing to worry about. I was very impressed with how Peyton Pritchard played in this game despite the limited minutes. He only played 30 minutes, had 18, made some incredible threes. I mean, he didn't shoot the best percentage, 40% from three, four for 10. And just, I mean, he made some NBA NBA range threes, and he just kept them in this game. He is the primary ball handler. They need to find another ball handler because I couldn't believe the amount of times guys were just dribbling it off their foot. Guys weren't able to handle the handle the basketball. 16 turnovers for Oregon, not usually going to win you basketball games. I like the fight they had. Arizona State just played a phenomenal basketball game. The refs didn't help in Peyton Pritchard's case, but I don't think he's one to complain about that. That's why he's a winner. That's why he's the best point guard in college basketball, in my opinion. And you're gonna. I, I still believe in this basketball. Team. I have a say. I have another Oregon-related question, but it will wait until we get to Saturday when we talk about their game against the other Pac-12 team from Arizona. Uh, anything else to touch on in this game before we move on? No, sir. Okay, Friday, 
Cam Scott, wide receiver, will transfer from the University of Missouri to who knows where at this point in time. Uh, how big is this? And then how big is it that we got that wide receiver, Hazleton, from Virginia Tech now? I mean, it's huge with the Virginia Tech wide receiver, but Cam Scott leaving really surprised me because he was going to take a huge role in this offense with potentially Sean Robinson or Bayslack coming in because you were losing a lot of the guys from last year. and A lot of the pass catchers are gone. Yeah, Okawebunam most specifically because he... He was the he was the man with receiving wise last year. That was the man, and now I mean they could run a different different style offense surrounding him or that kid from Virginia Tech, and now it's just not the case. I, I mean they Mizzou gets nationally televised games. They play some of the best teams in college football year in and year out, and I don't know. We'll see where he transfers. I'm curious to see who's where he's gonna go. Me as well. Uh, then we had an interesting story uh, that has been going on throughout the week is the new CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement, for the NFL. So what this entails is, from what I gathered from it, is the main things for fans to look at in general is a 17-game with or like an 18-game regular season with one bye. So they play an extra game in the regular season. That extra game looks like it was going to be an international game for every team in the league. So everybody would have an international game, whether that be, you know, Canada, Mexico, or England, unless they expand somewhere else, which they might. Uh, And another team making the NFL playoffs. So having, what is it, seven teams from each conference then, with the first overall seed being the only one that gets a bye, and uh, what, do you, what do you think of this? Like, what do you like about it? What do you hate about it? What is, like, what do you think is going to happen with it? Because I can tell you that owners and higher-ups of the league have approved it now. And the vote now goes to the NFL Players Association, which was supposed to vote Friday, but postponed the vote until the middle of next week. With all the injuries that happens in football, you really wonder why you would want to increase the games. I mean, for for my favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, Week 17, our starting free safety, Juan Thornhill, got hurt prior to our playoff push. Thankfully, the Chiefs coaching staff on defense especially is much improved, and they are able to work around that with guys like Daniel Sorensen and... Kendall Fuller was playing out there. Amani Watts played some snaps. And other corners stepped up like Brashad Breland. Nevertheless, that was very concerning for me when that happened. And it made me upset that that they would even consider playing 17 because then we're going to see some bad injuries even more so. And I just, I don't understand why you'd want to play the 17. If they want to do it, that's fine. I don't know about the playoffs, though. I mean, we're going to put a team that's like 9-7, and seven, potentially 8-8 eight and eight if the conference is bad enough that year, into the playoffs every year where the two seeds just going to more than likely just have to smack them around and they don't get the rest despite going about 12-4 and four and 13-3 and three at least. I don't, I don't see why we're putting in some of these bad teams. Because we see bad teams get into the playoffs already. We saw it this year with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. They were nine and seven. I don't, I don't, I don't see why we're why why they're trying to do this. But it's more money, so 
Okay, so you think it's a bad idea. I just don't and what think... we've seen from the players on Twitter and social media is that they would agree with you. A lot of players seem like they are not happy with what this says and that they will vote against it rather than for it. Yes? Yeah, I like the playoff format. I think that it's a good format. The current playoff format or yeah, the I like, proposed one? I like the new or the former, the former. So the one we have now. The okay. one we the have The two now. buys. Yes, I like the two buys and then two wild card games. That's how it is. It's Dude, as a fan... I don't know. A triple header on Saturday and Sunday on Wild Card Weekend. Oh boy, that's a lot of football. Yeah, a lot it, of playoff football. Yeah, I'm a, a fan of, of that. All right. Um, we are going to take a short break. Then we are going to talk to you through a what was really a jam-packed Saturday. I even added some stuff to the list here that we need to talk about. Uh, so we will be right back here in about two minutes to discuss Saturday. COU 88.1 FM. Catch Kyle Jones. And so then he said, all right, well, if I can't wear my helmet, I'm not playing. Chance Sticklin. I think that Bama every single year is the best college football team. And Cole Tusi. If Trubisky can get it done, the Bears will win a Super Bowl. He's the key. Tune in every Thursday morning from 11 to noon only on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCOU.FM, or on the TuneIn app. You don't want to miss it. Websites selling binary options claim they are low-cost, high-reward investments. What they don't tell you is that binary options are high-risk bets where the odds are stacked against you, that withdrawing money is often almost impossible, and that representatives will contact you with intense sales tactics or even threats. Protect yourself. Don't let anyone pressure you into making investments or quick decisions. Visit MissouriProtectsInvestors.com to learn more. Paid for by the Missouri Secretary of State's Investor Education and Protection Fund. You love them enough to do anything for them. Mom, I need to be wiped. Coming. Including checking NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Welcome back to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. We're going to get right into what happened uh, yesterday in the world of sports. First things first, baseball has returned. Uh, all teams played on Saturday and, you know, very exciting time for those of us who love baseball as much as I do. Uh, you know, I watched a very little bit of the Cubs game against the A's last night. Watched Wilson Contreras hit a ball, you know, to the moon. And the Cubs won tw uh, 12 to 2. I don't really know exactly what happened with other teams because it's spring training and I really don't care that much about what happens with everybody. But it's just exciting for it to be back and have baseball back. And we are we are ready for it. Would you say you ready for some baseball? I can wait. I, I can personally wait. But well, we're going to wait another month. <laughs> we will have an extensive MLB preview right here on this show probably before we head to spring break because I think the season will have started by the time we get back or will be close to starting by the time we get back. But stay tuned uh, to Twitter and everything for that. We'll update you when our baseball preview is coming. Uh, at 11 a.m., Baylor played Kansas yesterday in a matchup of the number one and number three teams in college basketball. Unfortunately for all of us Mizzou fans, this game was won on the road by the Kansas Jayhawks. Nick? What an incredible game. I mean, Kansas 
at the end of or going probably halfway through both halves were was up by a considerable amount and then it got close toward both of the end of the halves i mean KU is only up by 3 points going into the second half and then won the game by 3 it was it was an incredible game by Azabuke. Dodson your, was your, your big stat line is Yudoka Azabuki with twenty three points and nineteen rebounds. Dodson was very athletic to start the game. Ochai didn't play as well. Abaji he didn't didn't even score in the game despite playing almost the entirety of the basketball game. And and for Baylor they just have a lot of athletes and guys who can who can really who can really score and get rebounds, be aggressive, but just Azubuke was too much for them on the offensive and defensive glass. And you have a lot of guys uh, that played, you know, 30 minutes or so and only scored about six points for for Baylor. If you look at three of their starting five, you know, six, six, and eight points, including Mitchell, who shot two for 11 from the floor. Uh, just wasn't good enough to get it done. They shot 40% as a team, whereas... The Kansas Jayhawks shot 50% from the floor and showed that they probably are still the team in the Big 12. Yeah, I, I love the effort from both teams. It was an incredible game to watch. And Baylor Baylor showed a lot. I mean, their defense is incredible. Kansas just schemed very well for it with Azubuke and Dodson attacking. It was, just a, it was just a great basketball game. It was a skill-on-skill, high-octane, exciting basketball. And... With Baylor getting their first loss in the conference to Kansas, this does mean Kansas takes over first place in the conference, I believe, right? I mean, they're both twenty or thirteen and one. I think in the it'd conference. be a. Sh- I think it would be a share because Kansas, I believe, lost. But who would get the one seed? Probably Kansas. I'm not for sure. They have a tiebreaker. I think they've. Play- I think they've played twice this year, but I'm not for sure on that. Oh, maybe. I'm not for sure. I can. I can look it up. But nevertheless, it was an exciting basketball game, and it'll be interesting to see if. Yep, they played twice. They're yeah. one and one against Cheshire. That'd be fun. Winning Actually, each game on the road, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. So moving on from that, we are going to now discuss another Peyton Pritchard game. Uh, Arizona and Oregon took place late last night also out in Arizona with the Ducks winning 73 to 72 this game highlighted by Peyton Pritchard who scored 38 points but even more than that if you look at what happened with Arizona we talked about it I think it was two weeks ago with North Carolina poor free throw shooting lost them this basketball game they had the opportunity to win the basketball game on free throws at the end of regulation and at the end of overtime and they did neither of those missing two free throws on both of those occasions 0 for 4 on free throws with you know one second or less I believe it was uh in both periods so uh you give me your thoughts on this game. I know you didn't watch the whole game, but I know you watched the end. Yeah, I watched the end. I was Peyton Pritchard, just a silly foul. I mean, it was an interesting call. I'm not totally for sure if it was a foul. I'd have to look at it again. But He did have that arm kind of wrapped around the torso. I think that's what got the call. Yeah. Not sure if it was a foul, but I think that's what got the uh, got the whistle blown. Yeah, sure. But he had an incredible night. Six for 14 from three. 38 points, like you said. Six rebounds, four assists, a steal. And showing effort on both sides of the floor. 
And it was just an exciting matchup with him and Nico Mannion going at each other. The Red Mamba, if you will. He shot 5 for 10 and had 13 points. I mean, a lot of a lot of even, I mean, just to read off the, the shot or the points total for all the starters, 11, 13, 13 again, 9, and 18 for the starting lineup. Just really distributed well for Arizona. That could play well for them. They're still a ranked team, won't be ranked next week, but... They're they're a they're a ranked caliber team and they're uh And real quick, real quick, I know Oregon is your national champion, correct? Yes. Are they going to realistically be able to do it when you know Peyton, Peyton Pritchard scores thirty eight, uh Justin scores fourteen and you know the other starters combined for eight total points? I mean, I I think that he'll get more help. Cause I mean a lot of what I had seen in the past, because I don't really watch Oregon very much, but what I'd seen the past two uh, games in their, on their nationally televised games, I had not been tremendously impressed with. Because I, I know a team okay. like I know a team like Virginia, which you looked at last year and you had last year, uh, it really was an impressive team that you could see winning it from start to finish. But I really, I don't think this team is has that ability that they that the Cavaliers had last year. You sleep on Peyton Pritchard, you pay the consequences. Okay. Uh, that's, that's how it goes. Quickly, quickly, so we can get to Tyson Fury. Uh, UNLV took down the San Diego State Aztecs, breaking their 26-game winning streak and leaving no Division One teams left undefeated heading towards uh, the conference tournament schedule. Uh, I feel like it always happens like this, you know, 15 and 14 team takes down an undefeated team or something like something crazy like that. But... Uh, what does this mean? I mean, does this mean anything for San Diego State's one seed hopes? What does it mean? Anything is anything going on? Hey, with one that or now? two seed. They're they're a, they're a fantastic team, and if they only have one loss, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to battle with Gonzaga because Gonzaga does have that name recognition that they don't necessarily have, and just a it's just a close basketball game all across the board. Team stats, player stats. It was just a close game that they lost. Speaking of Gonzaga, they lost their first game, uh, or their second game last night. First game in the conference to the twenty uh, third ranked BYU Cougars. I believe that game was on the road at BYU as well. Does this mean anything for Gonzaga, or are we just looking at a lot of teams that just stumbled a little bit yesterday? Just teams stumbling. I mean. Just maybe looking for looking toward greener pastures in March. I mean, that's how it usually goes. You're looking forward to March playing in your conference tournament. So yeah, we saw what the number one, two, and four teams lose yesterday, which was a crazy, crazy shakeup day in college basketball. Uh, we are now going to get to the fight of the night and something that you would really like to talk about. They fight between. The uh, the British Tyson Fury, the American Devont, or yeah, Deontay Wilder, uh, took place in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the MGM Grand Arena last night, and it was it was you know not as close as people I think expected. Tyson Fury, when you when you go when you compare when you look at rematches through history, and there's a technical guy. Is this is this specifically boxing? Yeah, boxing, and you go technical guy, and then you go. Guy who has a lot of power, not as technical. The technical guy always wins. He always wins every single time, pretty much. I and mean, you look at Floyd's the probably the best example when he would rematch people, he would just school them. 
Deontay Wilder gained a lot of weight before this fight as well. Tyson Fury, just an incredible athlete. He does not. He doesn't look like it. But I he, didn't realize how big he was. Yeah. He is huge at 6'9", 275. And he's faster. He's faster than Deontay Wilder is. I was surprised because <laughs> I don't watch boxing or anything like that, but I was surprised at how good a shape he was in for the way he looked when he was walking into the ring. He doesn't He doesn't look like an athlete, but he is He is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, and he showed that last night when he clipped Deontay Wilder on the side of the head. Not a illegal blow, despite some other I was going to say, it looked like Deontay Wilder was upset with that and the way it was hit, but I, I mean, I, had a, I have a few questions for you about stuff like that and how legal that is. I mean, that's right. That's right there. I mean, that just messed up his equilibrium because he hit him right in the side of the head. I mean, it was right on the ear. That's why his ear was bleeding. And besides, it was a one-two regardless. It's not like he planned to hit him in the back of the head. That that type of strike is more like was, directly in the back of the head. And was he upset with the fact that they had just gotten up or something like that or anything along those lines? Because he looked upset at the way at the fact that that strike was taken like that or when it was. He was upset. Wilder was upset at something I can't with that speak, strike. I can't speak for him. He just got absolutely schooled in that fight. I mean, he, he showed an incredible heart, but he lost every single round. I believe he got knocked down more than once. He fell a lot. He got knocked down. I think they officially gave him two. Was it two? I think they officially gave yeah, him two. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Because they had that two. one that we were just talking about, and I think there was one in maybe, because the round ended in this, and the fight ended in the seventh round, I think yes. he knocked him down in the sixth once. Yeah, it, yeah, Tyson Fury just fought a phenomenal An- fight. Another question I have for you. What? Tyson Fury kept putting Wilder in like a headlock. Is that allowed? Because I, I mean, like, what is the and then the ref or the yeah the ref kept breaking it up. I mean, it's but, just, like, I mean, it's what just is boxing. The, That's just how it goes. Sometimes. I mean, I've seen people do that before. I mean, I don't. Like, I was just wondering what the legality of that is because I don't really understand boxing as much as I probably should. Yeah, it's. That's just how it goes sometimes when you're the bigger guy and then he ducks under. He just doesn't want him to throw anything else if he's going to be that. Because Tyson or Deontay Wilder does hold a lot of power. And this goes back to the last fight as well when, in my opinion, Tyson Fury got robbed of a decision. I had him winning 10 rounds to two. The only two rounds Wilder winning were the rounds he got knockdowns in because Tyson Fury just dominated that fight more, pretty much from start to finish other than the ninth and 12th round. And... Tyson Fury, he told everyone that they that he wasn't going to let the judges have any say in this fight. And, and he then was, he backed it up. And he was correct. Tyson Fury, he's one of those fighters and one of those people that when he speaks about something, he truly believes that he's going to do it. And he does do it. He completely dominated Deontay Wilder. And I remember when he went on first take, they looked at him like he was like he was a ghost or something when he said that he was gonna knock him out. And he just did and he did just that. That's that's just that's he just talked, what he does. and then he backed it up. That's that's what he did. And the Gypsy King now reigns and holds the green belt. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about this fight? Who would you like to see those guys fight next? Do you think they'll fight again? Do you, who do you think Tyson Fury gets next? Who do you think Deontay Wilder gets next? What do you think the going forward is for these guys? Well, they well Wilder does have an immediate rematch clause, or just a rematch clause, but that ear, it's certainly something to be worried about because I don't know how the hearing is out of it. It looked like if I had to take a guess that his eardrum was probably ruptured. Yeah, that's what people were saying. I mean, more will come out of this as time goes on. And I mean, who knows what injuries he sustained. It might be a little bit. So if Fury can fight a guy like Anthony Joshua, that would be incredible. We'll see how Wilder recovers because 
I mean, he's already had an incredible career, made his money. He doesn't need to. I was going to say, so yes or no on Fury Wilder 3? I mean, it'd be about the same result, I'd say. Well, Fury is just. How old is Wilder? He's about 33, I believe. Okay. He's older than Tyson Fury. Yeah, I was going to say Tyson Fury's 31. I saw. I remember that yeah. from last night. Okay. But Mo- nothing, nothing else from me. I'm mixed. He's 34. Nothing really else from me. He's, I mean, he's proven why he's the best heavyweight in the world. I don't say I don't. I don't watch boxing that often. And but I was hoping for something a little bit more competitive last <laughs> night. But Tyson Fury just dominated the entirety of the seven rounds until the stoppage happened. Uh, moments of the week, yours. Yeah, Tyson Fury's just performance. That that was mine. It sucks that mine are literally like <laughs> Saturday night and then right into the moment of the week. But it was incredible to watch him just after everything that he's been through, everything that he's gone through in life with mental health and everything else going on. He's his performance. He just he's just a real he's just a real person to look at and be like, no excuses, get the job done. And he did just that. And then my moment of the week would be Gabriel Jesus scoring the one goal for Manchester City yesterday to beat Leicester at the King Power Stadium, giving Manchester City a seven-point lead for that second spot in the Premier League, which I think is pretty much locked up now at this point in time. Uh, I don't think any, I don't see anybody else coming to push for that second spot, so I think Liverpool will win the league with Manchester City firmly coming in second after that winner to separate the second and third place teams in the league. Upset watch for the week. I see the Oklahoma Sooners on Saturday afternoon taking down the number 17 West Virginia Mountaineers in Morgantown. And so I see happening. I like I like the Sooners. They've played a lot of competitive games this year, and I see them getting one. I am taking the preseason number one Michigan State over number seven Maryland on the road in College Park, Maryland on Saturday night. It's a tough game, but I think Michigan State gets a nice resume building win in the Big Ten here over That might Maryland. be ranked next week, right? Michigan State? Yeah. Uh, probably. Whoa, you're going ranked v. ranked? Jeez, that's a little... Ranked v. seventh team in the country at home. <laughs> Yeah, but they're, I think Michigan State will probably be ranked next week. Actually, maybe not. I guess they've already lost to Maryland this year. They have. Lost by actually seven a week ago. Yeah. It, at home. So It'll we'll, be different. It'll be different <laughs> this see. time. We will see. It will be different this time. I'm trying to get my win streak started. All right. Uh, anything else you have for this week? Because that is all I have on this sheet. Nothing for me. All right, so we would like to thank you once again for listening to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia Live, and then feel free to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts at the weekly walkthrough. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and we will be back here same time, same place next week. So uh, everybody have a great week. Enjoy the beautiful weather outside in Columbia, and uh, 